Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Carvery with Alex Dorr. You guys know that this is the podcast where we have found that success, happiness, your innovation, collaboration, creativity, teamwork, whatever it is you really desire in your life or with your teams or as a leader, that this is your natural state once the drama is gone or once we've carved away the drama. And so every episode we take 20 to 25 minutes to look at a source of drama that I'm hearing out there from my speaking engagements, from my consulting sessions, from just out on the street, what I'm hearing that people are struggling with at work. We put that down into an idea and try and boil it down to the essence to find what are some ways to overcome this source of drama or this certain situation where drama is existing. Before we dive into today's topic, I just wanted to let you guys know that we have some amazing events coming up and tell your teams about it, tell your leaders about it, tell your organization about it because this podcast isn't just to talk about concepts. I come in and do on-site leadership development experiences or I also work with staff where we'll do keynotes, we'll do four-hour sessions, we'll do eight-hour sessions that are organized around these ideas and they're super fun, super impactful and we teach you the tools and practical strategies to ditch the drama for good. And I also wanted to let you guys know that if you're in the Midwest area around Omaha, Nebraska, on September 26th, we have another reality-based leadership public seminar training. And this is a full day from nine to five where we get about 50 to 75 people in one room, all huge fans of the philosophy, and we just do a full day of training to teach you guys the tools and understand the cost of drama at work. And so the last one was an absolute blast. And so we're doing another one that's from nine to five and it's a ton of networking, free lunch. You get a book and you get a toolkit and all of these things, not to mention the the fire content to take it back to your teams and start leading in a very evolved way. And so that's a super cool event coming up. And so I hope you guys spread the word and I'd love to see you at that. Now to today's topic. I was actually just in New York City for a three-day speaking engagement, so three different sessions with some really cool groups, and the last two days were founders or CEOs, so I had some interesting discussions because a lot of the groups I work with are usually higher-level leaders, senior leaders even, and then just you know first-time leaders in organizations when I work with teams on our content. But this group was interesting because it was a small, intimate group of all CEOs in the Manhattan area. And as we went through our reality-based leadership content, it was fun to see how this landed with some of their challenges they're facing in their, their organizations. And I was glad to find that the content did really resonate where when they heard that the average person was spending two and a half hours per day in drama, they just started sharing example after example, where as CEOs, they want to find ways to grow their business. They want to be out doing high level work and they consistently find that really lower level problems for lack of a better word are getting escalated to them. And so what these lower level issues were as they start to explain them, all came into our categories of drama, those five main competencies of drama. And as I helped them narrow down their thinking and get more clear on this, it became more apparent to them that this drama piece was really important, especially for how they wanted to run their organizations most efficiently in the future and to have happy teams at that organization. And so it was a really fun day going through this and talking about the cost of drama in their businesses. 
But what I wanted to talk about today was a profound comment I got from one of the CEOs that I had connected with her throughout the session and we had three hours together and I saw her taking a ton of notes and I saw her really nodding along with a lot of our main points. And so I knew I had her, but I wasn't sure what she was really thinking about the entire session. And so as we went around after the session, we asked each person what was their biggest takeaway. And when it got to her, she brought up a something I hadn't thought about yet that I think we should talk about on this podcast. And I'm super interested to hear your guys' thoughts with your experiences out there. But she went into what we call our employee value equation that really breaks down what is the true cost of drama or emotional expensiveness when we look at the value of our work we bring to the table each and every day. And what some of you know is that in our second book, The Reality-Based Rules of the Workplace, where we looked at what is the true value of the work we're doing every single day, we found that your total value of your work is not just your performance, but you also have to add in what's your future potential. Are you staying ready for what's next? But then you have to subtract your drama quotient your emotional expensiveness. So the first two are what you add to any interaction, client relationship, any team. The last part, emotional expensiveness, is what you take away in drama beyond your average salary and benefits. And that's what we focus on here at The Carvery is how to look at this drama piece because in that equation, your drama had a three times multiplier compared to the other metrics. So performance, pass fail. Are you ready for what's next? That's a one-to-one, but your emotional expensiveness is three times the impact of the other two. And so that's why the Carvery, if you hadn't seen that episode, which was a while back, focuses on emotional expensiveness and how as leaders, we can be low drama because each point we drop down our drama, we add three times the value to our teams and our organization and those we're trying to serve. And as many of you are starting to realize, as you have less drama in your day-to-day, you are much happier. You find more joy in your work. Like the same job you hated yesterday is the job you look forward to today once you understand the sources of drama and how to redirect that energy and get yourself back on track. And with this equation, that really sat with her. She had it written down really big on her piece of paper. And when she spoke up, she said, I was really fascinated by that equation, but I'm thinking more about it as a CEO. And just going through my last couple of weeks, what I've found with drama in our organization. So she was just taking a lay of the land and doing some reflection. Her question was this. I'm wondering if you said drama is a three times multiplier, negative. I want to know if as a CEO if that number's bigger than that. Is it six times? She said at times, I feel like it could be nine times the difference. So what she was getting at was a question I haven't considered yet, but have thought about from time to time, is that value equation, is there more of an impact the higher you get up in your leadership, in your influence? And so as you get to be a senior leader, maybe an executive into being a CEO, Does your drama individually add more negativity to the cause? Because if we're out of neutral, oftentimes as a very influential leader in our organization, we can have a real big cascade effect or domino effect with our emotional expensiveness. And she was thinking how many times she's worked with other high-level executives 
and they didn't realize the cost of their drama. And she wanted to know if we had any research on could it, as a CEO, it be five times instead of three times the negative, six times, eight times. And this got me really thinking because as I bring this back to our own organization and as I look at what happens in our behavior, it got me thinking about a challenge we were having in our business about a, a year ago. And as we were trying to really gain alignment for where we wanted to take our business in the next two to five to you know seven years, our founder, Cy Wakeman, has been getting really clear on our overall vision, our strategic plan, and then what are our main drivers to achieve that and what do we want to focus more of our time on as a staff and what do we want to still put time in because it's important but not have that be our main focus. She would start to say things like, guys, we're working really hard to develop content and put out videos and resources for our our fans. That's awesome. However, I want us to focus the next few months on making sure we're going after some sales and some rebookings of speaking engagements. And I want to make sure we're really farming our clients to see what else we can help them with. And so that sentence right there, she's a CEO, a founder. She says that I would like us to think more about sales. And what I noticed with our team is that hearing that, then our whole team takes our focus and dives right into like going through and trying to see who we haven't followed up with. We send a ton of follow-ups in a day. We dive in to look at our sales and what are we missing. And then at the same time, some of our day-to-day tasks that still need to be done to stay organized and make sure we're serving our current clients that are coming up, we put less time into those because you only have so much time in a day. And we started to bring up this word that I think is very fascinating called over-rotating. And what I mean by that is as a CEO, if they aren't noticing this yet, and as a higher level leader, what you say really has an impact. Like people really listen, even if you're like in the corner of the room, they hear what you're focused on, what you're worried about. And oftentimes, As staff and teams helping implement this and really manage this, we dive in and we do what we call over-rotate and really just focus on that. And so I saw this with our team many times where it's like, let's focus on moving from content creation to actually looking at some of our sales to see what we can follow up on. And we go all in on that. And then we might talk about, well, let's not be so salesy. Let's back off a bit and and let's get back to feeding our our clients with some great content and refueling them with some new ideas. And then all of a sudden we back off on all of that and we focus on all these ways we can give out free content and resources and serve our people. And we move away from the and of that where we could do content and still sell and we over rotate and dive into one thing or the other and then you get in this point where you get really confused because as we try and balance this over rotation or as our ceo tries to course correct people start to think well does she want us to do this or this and that's all one of the sources of drama when we get into either or thinking like do you want us to do this with quality or do you want us to do a lot of it so quantity or quality And that's the ego at play, which is the number one source of drama, is really this either or. It's the sucker's choice. Like, you want us to go all in on sales or do you want us to still do content? And the answer is always and, not or. We want you to focus on these things and keep in mind we have to keep the business running. And so with that being said, I found these two ideas smashing together where this attendee was talking about could 
what a CEO does, either verbally, what they say, or in their actions, does it have a higher than three times factor? And just to run through that equation again, if you aren't familiar with it, our employee value equation, current performance is how you delivering today as an employee. Are you currently delivering what your organization needs? Now, one is someone not performing, maybe on a performance plan, maybe you've been fired but never told, or it's someone you've fired but never told. Maybe it's someone you've told to stop buying your organization's gear from the gift shop because they don't want to have that anymore. They're going to have to get rid of it soon because we're moving them out of the organization. A three in that first part, current performance, is someone delivering on every single one of their performance objectives. Whatever their position is, are they delivering everything that's asked of them? A five in performance is best in the world at what they do, best in our competition at what they do. Now, many people in this equation compare themselves to their colleagues or they have a really narrow focus on, I am rocking it. I'm doing everything the organization says. But that is what you're paid for. That's your hourly or salary wage is to do what the organization asks of you. If you want to truly earn a five exceeding expectations, you would need to do something extraordinary, which is you know break a record in sales or find us a new process improvement that saves us money or innovate in a way that's revolutionary. That would be a five if we look at across our competition. Now in this equation that she was so fascinated by, current performance of five should be temporary because we should study those people that are constantly breaking through and standardize what they're doing and make that the new three and then they go on to break through with the next level of work. That's how we keep recommissioning our performance to get even better as an organization. So current performance is kind of a pass fail in this world because it's, are you delivering or not? And the new reality is that many of our things we need in our business can be bought or rent off the internet right now. Almost every job we can buy or rent any technical expertise that we need. And so performance is becoming more pass fail and it needs to be less of our focus in the modern way we approach leadership. After that, the next part of the equation is performance plus your future potential, which is all about, are you ready for what's next? Are you ready for the disruptions in your industry? Or are you chronically shocked by them? Are you always in surprise, panic, and blame mode when it comes to change? Or are you evolving yourself? One, someone not evolving, allergic to any training, just trying to survive until retirement. That's a one. A three is someone who is evolving. They're ready for what's next. They are multicultural, multi-generational. They're a part of associations. They're learning on the fly before their leadership team asks them. And then a five, we say are aliens sent from another galaxy to save us. And that's not just about innovation. When you look at a five, someone that's exceeding expectations and future potential, but are they really developing quicker than you could imagine? Are they looking at the processes or the um, techniques and, and ways in which they're working in their departments? And are they always modifying and cutting costs and helping us be more efficient and do work more effortlessly? That would be a five. Now, as you go through that, Many people want to rate themselves as a five, but even me as a speaker, I'd say I'm a three in current performance, usually delivering what the people need that hire me. If I start to feel confident up there when people are laughing and I'm like, dang, I might be a four or five, 
I have to recalibrate myself because as I look at my competition as a speaker in my market, there are speakers with like 20 New York Times bestsellers. I'm still working on the first one. And so I'm not quite there yet as far as performance, but at the moment, I think I'm delivering what the organizations that hire me are asking for. Then future potential. I always feel like I'm innovating and you know we're from the Midwest, so I feel like when I bring a camera and record my sessions and then put that out on social media across all platforms to show I'm a speaker and I'm a part of associations and studying other speakers, every single time I go to some of these conferences we go to to learn more about our industry, my mind is just blown again. And I realize I'm still just keeping up with the times. And so in that equation, if I'm looking at the value I add, I'm a three in performance, three in potential, I'm a six. And then I can't stop there because here's what this podcast episode's all about, is this minus, the emotional expensiveness. And we all have a drama quotient. It's part of our human condition. We all add something to the cause, but then we all take away in the form of emotional expensiveness. Now this part of the equation, a one is a low drama. So if you're a one, you're like a drama diffuser, you're like Zen, you're like a Buddha in the uh, office. You have an aura around you where people just attract you and they want your peace and solitude and your neutrality. And you add so much clarity at all times and you don't add to the chaos. There's not very many ones out there. A three, when it comes to emotional expensiveness, your typical employee who believes that they have a right to vent every once in a while, who judges often instead of helps, who is resistant to change, who lacks accountability and withholds buy-in from an organization. If someone has things like that come out in their behavior, they're probably a three or higher in emotional expensiveness and that's our typical human being right now at work. Now a five is basically a drama mess where they just come in and the anxiety goes up and people are completely distracted and there's just chaos everywhere and not very many fives out there. And as we went through this equation, even with CEOs, many were surprised to find that them, they themselves were threes in this equation. And so it, most times people come out as threes on emotional expensiveness. I teach emotional expensiveness for a living now. I screw it up, but only daily. I'd say I'm a two aware of this drama piece and teaching people about it, but I still have to manage my own program. So if you look at my total, six minus two, I'm a four, still seems like a lot of value I add when we're thinking about this. But once you throw on that magic multiplier that we all feel, drama has a multiplier. In our research, it's three times the impact. So your negative now becomes three times the negative. So six minus six, I'm a zero as a speaker. And so you guys are listening to a podcast right now of a speaker that's a zero. And zero doesn't mean I add no value. Zero just means I'm at the ego-free number, which is at the end of the day, I add great value and I don't take away a bunch of calories and energy from my teams that I work with in drama. And so we leave the workplace even. Now, how many of us every single day would like to leave work even doing great things for those we're trying to serve and have energy left over to recharge and have hobbies and do all these things? That's the power of the equation we're referring to here when we're looking at our value. Now, if you wanna learn more about this, the Reality Based Rules of the Workplace book, 
walks you through all of this so you can do some reflection on your own value because many groups hear this equation and they start looking at their whole team and trying to judge who's the most drama filled. And I would encourage you to do, that's how I started, but I would encourage you to do a bit of reflection on your own because where drama enters an organization is only in three ways. The first one is we hired it which means someone, as you're about to hire them, looked like a little bit of a hot mess, but we needed to fill that position with a bit of expertise. And so we hired them anyway. We said, could you start Monday? And then we just hoped and prayed that they had a spiritual awakening over the weekend. And they didn't. So they came in with drama. The second way drama comes into our organizations when it comes to this equation is we enable drama. And so as we look at, dang, there's a little bit of chaos in our workplace, most of our influence as leaders or as colleagues is to look at the behaviors we don't want happening and start trying to stop the enabling of those. One quick example of that is let's say you have a project come in and we're asked to divvy out the work. And as you're about to divvy out the work on who's going to help us make this happen, you look at the first person, let's say his name is Alex. And you say, you know, well, I could give it to Alex, but Alex only takes two projects on per month and he's at two already. So he's hit his max. I don't want to overwhelm him. So I'm just not going to give this to Alex. And then we look over at Steve and we go, Steve could do this work. He looks available, but oh, Steve gets negative about any projects or changes that come his way. So let's not tick Steve off. Now let's look at Sally. Sally's our highest accountable rock star. She's already taking on 18 projects and she likes to say yes to everything and she eventually gets it done somehow. We think she works 28 hours a day. Let's just give it to Sally. And Sally says yes. And what did we just do there when it comes to the work of Alex and Steve? We just enabled them to not step up and now we have our highest performer accountable in the moment overwhelmed. And so, so many ways we enable drama. And then the third way, which is where this equation came out for these, this amazing group of self-reflective CEOs, is that if you're not hiring it, and if you're not enabling it, you're working hard to not enable it, the third piece that drama comes in is you might be it. And what I thought was so amazing about this group is they first started by self-reflecting on what's their part in the mess. And as she came up with where she's seen her influence in these situations she would call drama, she was starting to wonder that three times the factor didn't seem like enough. And so today's episode is just me thinking about that a ton because I also think about informal ways that I've noticed where we can see someone that's a high-level leader in our organization can really get us off track and they don't even realize it. So let's say we're in a meeting, we're talking about some challenges and even a few like, a few deep breaths like that and back to over-rotating. You as someone that is really trying to follow this fearless leader sees them sounding like they are breathing deeply in the meeting or maybe they cross their arms after a point or their voices start, they're leaning forward or their voices starting to escalate. Those little things we don't see in our nonverbals can also possibly add, when you have that much influence, more drama than the three times factor. And so I'm thinking a lot about these things. Now, on the flip side, there's a huge part for us to play as 
whether we're informal leaders, new leaders, or even just still individual contributors, which I know a lot of you are on this podcast, is where can we get back to our number one tenant in reality-based leadership to live drama-free? It's that stop judging, start helping mantra. Where can we look at our leader just took a deep breath after that point and not add in all the story about what that means? So the reality is our leader took a deep breath after that point. My story is, and that means that, they don't like where we're going with this. They don't think we're prepared. They're upset with what we're doing right now. They believe we're off track. Now, as a team member, I wasn't stressed or overwhelmed or feeling weird in that meeting until I believed that story about what that deep breath meant. And so I have a part to play that I, in my own look at drama, don't read too into things or add too many stories to simple events that happen. And so this becomes a really fun loop that you can stay engaged with every single day is that where are you adding in more chaos to the clarity when it comes to this equation? Because even the observer of an experiment affects the experiment. And so as you're in that meeting, as your energy changes based on the stories you're creating, if you're not asking, what do I know for sure, to get down to the facts and stay neutral, you might be adding into the drama in that interaction. And so where can we, as a takeaway, have more grace and tolerance and realize the big key here is that we all have this human condition regardless of level of position in an organization. And that means, yes, even CEOs who own the business and are taking a lot of the risk, they are human and have the human condition themselves and are still working through their own emotional expensiveness. And so where can we help out with that with this stop judging, start helping, which is if I wasn't judging, what would I be doing to help add clarity to this situation? And so that grace and tolerance of understanding that I can relate to that, I have the human condition as well, that can be a big piece here. And so just to keep you guys thinking, as you found yourself moving up the ranks or as you found yourself more an influential leader in your networks or in your organization, what do you guys think about this three times the factor to emotional expensiveness? Is it higher? I'd love to hear on social, at Alex M. Dorr. You can reach out, direct message on Instagram. You can always reach out on Twitter, which is really fun to get conversations going. I am gonna do some more diving into, could drama, based on your level in an organization, actually be higher because teams over-rotate on what you say, and if you're having a bad day, it really trickles down because of your influence, even if it comes to the way your non-verbals are showing up in a meeting. Very fascinating stuff. Love the comment that came up in these sessions with CEOs in Manhattan. Tons of, of great insights and tons of learning for me. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Hopefully this got you thinking more on the cost of drama. If it has, get back and review that employee value equation. I check in on it every single day. Is my performance where I want it to be? And am I being honest about my performance? Am I staying for ready for what's next and blowing my mind each day? But most importantly, am I checking into my emotional expensiveness and how it has three times the impact? And it might have four, five, or six times. So thank you guys so much. Another fun episode today. More coming your way. 
and I just can't wait to keep hearing from you. We just went over our first month of 2,000 plus downloads, so you guys are spreading the word, and I could not be more grateful. We're onto something here. Have a great week, and as always, you guys know the deal. Let's keep ditching the drama.